0: For a variety of reasons, what spurred me to reach out to you is I've just been kind of like bumping along, right? I mean, I've got old training logs from 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. I'll go online and, you know, go to, you know, runners.com and find some training program, print it out, put it in Excel and just kind of follow along with it, which is, which maybe is totally Mm -hmm. adequate, right? I'm not a... I'm not a professional. I'm not near the top, but I don't have a program, right? I may go out at lunchtime and, you know, jog six miles. I may go do 30 minutes of speed work using the, you know, Peloton app. I might, I just, I'm sort of all over the place. I'm disorganized and I don't have structure to the workout. This is exactly
1: the space that I find um, is most effective, whether it's coaching or consult like this. And that is what you just described, that you have past training plans that you could easily go online to get a very good training plan. And what I talk about with so many athletes is, let's say you take that running.com training plan and you put it into Excel. And it basically has all the concepts that you need to do along with, let's say, if you did 80 to 85% of that, you'd be pretty prepared for bulldog or imaging, right? Um, it's yep. just a question of, well, how do I, as a 39-year-old with a job and two kids under four, it sounds like, um, get that done? It looks great on an Excel spreadsheet, but then how do I integrate it, make it actually happen in my daily life? That's exactly the challenge. We all know what needs to be done. It's just, how do we execute it? That's the dilemma. That's the challenge for all of us. Then it becomes a question of, well, how do I maximize the training time I do have? How do I give myself the space and the, forgiveness for lack of a better term to only to be comfortable with 80% of it. If I execute 80% of it, that's amazing. So what are the main concepts out of the training plan that I should try to execute each week? Hi, everybody, and welcome to the weekly word podcast. I'm Chris Hout, aim coach, and this is episode 160. The weekly word podcast is a resource for all ultra endurance athletes. We not only discuss ultra endurance training and mindset, nutrition, recovery, and sleep, we dive deep into the lifestyle of endurance training. As many of you know, endurance training requires quite a sacrifice. And in order for you to get from hitting enter on the race entry to the start line, a lot needs to happen. The obvious is always the training. But there's a considerable space between the training and the start line, and that is what we try to dive into here on the Weekly Word Podcast. Beyond the training, how do you reach endurance potential? How do we navigate these training hours with our family and career? What is the mindset needed to persevere through some difficult training phases despite a career and busy family life? Helping athletes understand, navigate, embrace the endurance lifestyle and its benefits. That's what I'm looking to do. And for some, guide them through the transformation it can bring about in us. We all went pro in something other than the sport we endeavor. And here on the Weekly Word Podcast, we try to help you navigate that terrain. These endurance adventures are milestones, incredible achievements. Achievements that remain with us for the rest of our lives. One of the many reasons I love this coaching is because most of the athletes involved are celebrating one of the best, most meaningful, memorable days of their lives. Not only unlocking endurance potential that they knew deep down inside they had, but also achieving something on the far edge of what they even deemed possible, creating a new normal. Since you're listening to this, the spark within you has been ignited. You're curious to find out what kind of endurance athlete you can be. Less about speed, more about how far can I go, what else can I achieve, and why not me? Why can't I do this? Of course you can, and therefore you won't settle. It's time to push beyond the boundaries of what we thought was possible and reach the endurance potential we already knew we had deep down inside. Welcome to the Weekly Word Podcast. This week, I wanted to bring back a consult. I do about two consults a week, and occasionally I come across a consult that just hits every topic and every conversation component that we are currently discussing on the podcast, as well as that I keep coming across with a lot of my athletes. And this week was that. It's an athlete that is trying to integrate or take a plan or past experience with regards to working with a running coach and implement that into the current version of who he is. And that's a space many of us are currently stuck in and a conversation topic that comes up quite frequently with the athletes I work with. It's great to have a training plan. It's great to have a vision of what you are looking to do it's great to hit enter on the event that you see yourself doing in the future that run that triathlon that ultra endurance adventure that expedition that experience but how do i now navigate the space from hitting enter or having a training plan to getting to the starting line how do i take that training on paper in that excel spreadsheet and actually make it work for me my life, my infrastructure, my needs, my family, my work, my experience, and so forth. And that was today's discussion, really trying to work with that knowledge and work, work, work with that intention of taking the training plan and making it work on a daily basis for me. The important thing on that in that space, on that discussion, on that topic is, if the training plan on paper or online or whatever or if when we hit enter we sit there and have great intentions for how we plan to train and what it looks like and so forth if we're not connected to that if that isn't meaningful to us if that doesn't spark curiosity motivation drive determination discipline it's hard to keep that going What inevitably happens is that three, four weeks into the training, we're overloaded. We can't seem to maintain the load that is on the piece of paper, that isn't um, curated, customized to us, and we haven't taken the nuggets out of it that we need in order to have a successful adaptation, growth. So that is the focus. Of this conversation this runner is getting ready for some ultra runs a 50k and something longer later this summer and he has some fitness and has some marathon experience but now it's a question of great i have all these tidbits of information i have a plan i have an outcome but how do i take that those two components a plan and an outcome and make it work for me and a lot of people ask me on this with my coaching. And that's a critical question. Coaching, how does it truly work in order to help you achieve the outcomes you're looking for? And the training is not necessarily much about the workouts and the training. If you do most of it, you'll be fine. We talk about that on the, on the console today. If you do 80% of the training, 85% of the training, you're going to be pretty fit and you're pretty much going to have the outcomes you're looking for but that's the challenge how do i get 80 to 85 percent of the workouts in without judgment and beating myself up if i start falling behind and i try to catch up and i do a little bit too much and then next thing you know i'm exhausted or shelled or injured even it's about how you do it and can sustain it as an adult We're no longer in our 20s, something we discussed today on the console too. Since in most cases, that is our interpretation of coaching. We think that coaching is, here's the plan, here's the training, you know, coach with a whistle on deck, coach with a whistle at the track, coach with a whistle by whatever, cycling dome, um, velodrome, and then go execute because you have more time because you have a different body one that recovers despite the ways you mistreat it by going out at night and still waking up in the morning and having the ability to have an effective workout we just recover differently there's less stresses in our body and anxiety and adrenal load and just overall load and kids and mortgage and life and career and there's other inputs when we're in our 20s or in our teens when we were last coach for many athletes This meant just go out and do and you'll be fine because you can, you can do those doubles. You can comfortably recover. You can show up every day. That was basically the only structure in our lives. So, but we're no longer that person. And so we need to let go of that interpretation of coaching this coaching for adults is about the space between the training and the start line what i was talking about all that goes into being able to actually do the training right you want to figure out how do i do the training how do i stay motivated to do the training how do i know that i'm absorbing it how am i maximizing the limited training time i have that's the space to actually do the training that's the skill and as i say on the console that's coaching not the workouts themselves there's no science to this you see you'll hear me in the console today you sort of work through specific concepts that's not the challenge the challenge is actually finding a way for the client the athlete you The listener to execute it to be actually be able to do it to absorb it to feel good to create momentum to create a positive experience and confidence so that you can grow forward fall forward even if you're failing you fall forward because you you you've been doing it you do it five six seven weeks like I talk about on this console and then we can imagine doing some more complicated things and so forth but yeah. That's coaching for masters athletes. That's coaching for adults. That's coaching for us. (laughs) And so that's why I thought this console today would be of value. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you pull some nuggets from it. I hope you maybe have questions and just send them to me and I can discuss them on the next podcast. But until then, enjoy this. I think it was relevant. It captures a lot of the dilemmas and things we run into these days in our training and it's very much to the point of a lot of things i talk about on the podcast but also to all of my athletes this difficulty this navigating we have our purpose we have our clarity and we have even intention but to tie them all together to actually do the training do the work day in and day out Given that we went pro in something other than this, that we have to find the time, the space, the motivation, the energy, that's coaching and that's where we are and that's what this podcast and this consult is all about. Enjoy. Let's dive into it. In getting ready for these running events, how do you feel? Where are you currently? What are you looking for? Um with regards to what's missing, if I, if I should say that better.
0: Er, earlier this year, you know, like most, I'm sure it's a story you've heard, you know, hundreds of times, you know, with all the kind of organized events, mostly canceled last year, I, I tend to just keep them on my calendar as, you know, motivation to, you know, keep doing something regularly. And so, you know, obviously didn't do much, if anything in 2020, um, decided kind of early part this year that I would, you know, run the inaugural Boulder marathon on April 25th. So um, I just, you know, I, I went through, you know, I got up to, you know, my 20 mile long run, they canceled the race. I sort of settled back into just normal, you know, running jogs Mm -hmm. and then the, the, the um, the Bulldog in Malibu is a 25K that I've done a couple of times. And then I, I did the imaging run from Uray to Telluride in Southwest Colorado in 2019. And so I thought, well, I'll, maybe I could do the 50K in Malibu this year and then go do the run in Telluride. But the, I guess for a variety of reasons, what spurred me to reach out to you is I, I've just been kind of like along, right? I mean, I've got old training logs from 12 years ago that, you know, a coach in Phoenix gave me, Mm -hmm. I'll go online and, you know, go to, you know, runners.com and find some training program, print it out, put it in Excel and just kind of follow along with it, which is, which maybe is totally adequate, right? I'm not a, I'm not a professional. I'm not near the top. I don't, I wasn't a cross-country runner in high school or college. I mean, I started basically jogging for fun with my dad to do a 10K in Boulder, you know, 15 years ago. And as I've gotten older, I've just sort of defaulted to running as my most consistent, you know, mode of, I guess, an active lifestyle just because it's the easiest. I enjoy being outside. I live in Manhattan Beach. so I get the benefit of good weather, generally flat surfaces, but I don't have a program, right. I may go out at lunchtime and, you know, jog six miles. I may go do 30 minutes of speed work using the, you know, Peloton app. I might, I just, I'm sort of all over the place. I'm disorganized and I don't have structure to the workout. So to answer your question, you know, if if I, if the races are held in August and September, you know, I've got a long way to go. I've never done a distance greater than a marathon before other than kind of a, a run jog rim to rim to rim, you know, when I was in my twenties and I'm 39 now, so it's mm-hmm. been a long time and doesn't really carry much relevance at this point.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so let me ask. I, you I don't this. know. Is that
0: too indirect? Oh, no, no. Did I answer no, your that, question?
1: Okay. No, that's great. It's a great starting point, And it's actually very closely related to, um, what I'd like to talk about, maybe that's not the right way to say it, but this is exactly the space that I find um, is most effective, whether it's coaching or a consult like this. And that is what you just described, the that you have past training plans that you could easily go online to get a very good training plan. And what I talk about with so many athletes is, let's say you take that running dot com training plan and you put it into excel and it basically has all the concepts that you need to do along with let's say if you did 80 to 85 percent of that you'd be pretty prepared for bulldog or imaging right um it's yep. just a question of well how do i as a 39 year old with a job and two kids under four it sounds like um get that done It looks great on an Excel spreadsheet, but then how do I integrate it, make it actually happen in my daily life? And that's what I call coaching. That's that's exactly the challenge. We all know what needs to be done. It's just... How do we execute it when all the inputs of during the day work and kids needs and the wife needs some time to herself or her workout time? And so your time is cut short. You don't have time to go to a track. You don't have this. Um, you know, you want to get away to run trails on the weekends, but, you know, there's other things going on. That's the dilemma. That's the challenge for all of us. So, no, you, you, you definitely are capturing the the question and so then it becomes a question of well how do i maximize the training time i do have how do i get as close to that excel spreadsheet that training plan as i can how do i give myself the space and the forgiveness for lack of a better term to only to be comfortable with 80% of it if I execute 80% of it that's amazing so what are the main concepts out of the training plan that I should try to execute each week and that is let's say maybe some speed maybe a long run maybe some tempo and anything beyond that is really nice add-on it's nice to have it's a feature right it's not a requirement And so that's the way I would look at training plans in general of sort of extracting out of it. What's just here to keep me running for the week. Let's say if it's a weekly training plan versus what's critical for my progression going forward. And when you look at it that way, you actually can pull the nuggets out of whatever plan that is um, and really get a sense of, all right, well now, how do I take that? And how do I make it repeatable? Meaning that because your lifestyle and your needs and your work and the kids, you know, that on Tuesday mornings, you do speed work. And so you've created an infrastructure that you find a track that morning, early in the morning. so um, so you can get that done or somewhere, um, let's say, uh, uh, you know, the boardwalk, I would not do it. Um, because the concrete is just brutal on the joints and the yeah. legs. Um, but someplace, you know, there's places um, close to Manhattan Beach. I mean, you can head further up to the Santa Monica and, and um, um, yeah, Santa Monica and just get on the dirt path and stuff and things like that so that you just know and your family knows, oh, Tuesday mornings, he's back at, let's say, 7 a.m. because he does his track work. Or if that's in the afternoon, maybe you're an afternoon workout on your way home. So that's where I would start sort of setting a repeatable infrastructure so that now you have the ability, at least during the week, to sort of repeat that and go, all right, I know Tuesdays is speed work, Thursdays I do my tempo runs, um, whether it's five miles or eight miles or 10 miles, depending on what the plan has, um, and focus on that first. And then once you see three, four, five weeks, you know what? This is sustainable. This is doable. I can actually make this work because Mm -hmm. it almost becomes a no-brainer of, all right, Tuesdays in my car, I just have my run bag with me and on the way home from work, I pass a track. Um, It's great. It allows me to get my run in and I have some water in the car and then on the way home, get it done, get home, workout done, happy. Something like that, or on the way to work, I don't know. Um, And then if you see it's achievable, you're able to execute, then you can start adding the other features to it, whether that's strength work, whether that's an easy run here or there. Um, But I would start with extracting the key elements that you feel you need, those three, four workouts a week. How often are you currently running?
0: Um, currently I'm probably around, I I haven't really looked, but really since they canceled the Boulder marathon, again, I've kind of fallen into just sort of like no man's land, but you know, maybe that's, you know, 30 mile weeks for me. Whereas, you know, February and March, I was, you know, in the kind of 40 to 50 mile week average, you know, fairly regularly. I'm, you know, my, Having done, you know, a handful of marathons in the past and at least having, you know, fundamental familiarity with, you know, longer events and consistency of training, it is, I do, you know, and part of why, you know, went through reaching out to you is like, I do want to, I'm sort of over, I want to, I want to do it well, right? And I want to use my past self as my future measuring stick. So like, you know, I, I don't. To, to your point, I can print out the schedule, I know how to follow it, I, you know, am confident that I have the self discipline, be it that I've got, you know, more going on in life than I did at the time in the past. But you know, my wife is generally supportive. And I try to do these things when it's not an interference to my family, right? Usually they're sleeping. So all of that is, is, you know, sort of reasonably ingrained in me. and And I'm just I'm like, I'm at the point where I'm thinking, you know, I want to have, you know, better quality overall fitness and I want to use sort of the baseline of events that I've done in the past to do better than them as I'm getting older. Right. Mm -hmm. And I figure the only way to do that is to do more than what I've done previously, which is print this out, follow it as best I can and see where the chips fall. But maybe that is sufficient. Right. Um, um, a, a, a couple of things there. While
1: that it, it looks good in a rational, logical way, one we're a little <laughs> older, right? Um, so that's a dangerous game to just. And when you say just do more, doing more mm-hmm. leads to injury. Doing more in a thoughtful, um, deliberate, intentional way, where you're able to listen to your body and sort of make adjustments, that some weeks it's less um, is critical. Okay. Um, And then the other thing is the danger is past self as future measuring stick. Um, That's where I would, I would caution you, you know, I call it more that as I get older, I don't want to slow down. Um, when I if I were to measure it more to my past self as a measure of my past athletic self, that's a hard game to play because our life is just not that life. We have more going on. We can't recover the, our stresses and anxieties and our you know our, uh, the load, the adrenal load of that work and kids and so forth is just not that past person. So if you're able to train like that, I guarantee you, and I come across this all the time with my own athletes, is that three, four weeks in, the big meltdown comes because it's just the body. And we don't know and that the athlete doesn't know why the meltdown happens. It's more that they just are just like, When well, I was doing so good for two, two weeks. I felt fit. I could see where this is going and it's totally motivated and it was exciting. And then after about three-ish weeks, it's sort of, of doing that. Sort of higher volume comparison to past self, it then just all comes crumbling down. Body is completely not injured and actually feels okay. It just feels a little tight. It's just physically, spiritually, adrenally, all that. We're just exhausted. And the the emotions start playing into it because you're constantly exhausted and you're just like, it it starts um, snowballing for you. And that's what I want all athletes to avoid. And that is, so that's why I say we got to be very careful with past self as future measuring stick. If anything, it's like, all right, how do I maintain a fitness level that is real to me now, that gets me pretty fit, and that I can maintain and not slow down so that. I can be the fit OG sort of right. Like th- that's yeah, sort of right, what we fair. want. That's, that's the goal, the fit OG for so yeah. many people. Um, and it's not necessarily winning stuff, but it's like, you know what, I feel pretty good. I just did, you know, bulldog 50 K and you know, I, I thrived through it. I didn't just slog my way through it. And right. And that comes for us at a, I mean, I'm another, 10 years older than you it comes with consistency it comes with consistent training and 30 mile weeks in if that's the fall off to um, where you were and if that's a sort of um, floating and meandering that's a pretty good week still and that you're able to do 40 to 50 mile weeks when you sort of ramp up sort of the focus and the intention that's fantastic that over many months slash years will keep you quite fit and playing the long game towards, you know, I want to be able to run Ure to tell uh, tell the ride and freaking crush it. Meaning not run fast, but run the uphill, feel good about shuffling and, and sort of bounding my way up those hills and Taking it all in. Okay, maybe not bounding all the way up the hills. That's a little bit aggressive. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah, but you know I what really I mean. Different.
1: There's a difference between hiking yeah. it and then then hiking it where you're like, I feel good. It's fine. I'm fine that I'm yeah. hiking, but I'm ready to run the downhills So I'm running it the runnable section. Yep. So um so those are some things that I would look at, which is hard because. Late 30s is sort of when that transition happens of you still feel fit enough and strong enough and young enough that, like, that doesn't seem so unrealistic. What I did in my 20s. I can still pull that off now. The training, not the result of the training. And but on the other hand, then when you try to execute it, it's like ah oh, shnikes, sh- right? You're like, it's not really sticking like it did in my 20s where i could just do it for weeks on end go out at night wake yeah. up and still be able to do it so taking all that into account it's how do we build a sustainable plan that allows you to stay consistent and that's like you wrote the zone two where that kicks in your ability to come back day after day it's not taxing enough um, your body can re- recover and absorb and feel fine the next day doing the work. So, a couple of things. Do you do any strength work?
0: Uh, very little now. Okay. Um, yeah. but, but yes, I mean my, my strength work has basically been relegated again to you know a push up, pull up, dip <laughs> circuit in my basement you know, I have a bar down there or, you know, like I've been using, I mean, I I don't know if it's ridiculous or not, but I have been using kind of like the Peloton app for that. Right. Mm -hmm. So like last night when everyone went to bed, I did, you know, a 30 minute body weight, right. Which is kind of like a series of body weight, goblet squats, push ups, you know, some stretching. So I, I say, you know, I'm, I, that's kind of been the extent of it and it's as inconsistent as sort of a running routine, but yes, a little and marginal and disorganized and fragmented and sort of without purpose, just on a day where I decide I'm not going to do cardio or my cardio has been something pretty minimal. And I figure I should do something else. I'll do, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of some sort of strength oriented exercise. It's great. It's totally great. Totally great. Doing something every day
1: is critical um we want to get to a point where something every day is part of a puzzle piece down the path and along the path towards a future outcome but at least the infrastructure is there that you're doing something every day now we just gotta yeah i'd love to
0: say you know i'm targeting this because these trails are both you know have a lot of vertical gain and they're hilly and this is how i'm going to tackle them but i just I'm not doing that. You know, yeah. I, what I am doing may or may not be counterproductive to the end goal. <laughs> so, yeah. so you want to do the,
1: uh, so Bulldogs first, right? August 21st, um, yeah, 2021, you know, and it looks like most races are happening. Um, now that we're starting yeah, to see track triathlons are happening. They've been happening, um, in variety of different spots around the country. And uh, so, uh, where are you based, Chris? I'm up in San Francisco. So I'm just north of you.
0: San Fran. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but that being said, if you know that 50K is a great 50K to just, you know, you have plenty of time. You have um, the platform. Having done those runs, getting ready for Boulder Marathon, that means your ligaments and cartilage and your joints are ready for, can handle a gentle increase in not only volume, but also in structure. It's not like you're starting from scratch. And um, I think we sort of dive into what we want to sort of do for the next 12 to 16 weeks to see if you can do it. And then in 12 to 16 weeks we just sort of say, all right well <clears throat> let's see how it's been going what's not been realistic because a lot of this uh, bulldog looks to be similar to what we just did on backbone so oh, it, it, what'd, yeah. you, what'd you do we ran the backbone in in march from uh, okay yeah magoo to santa monica so um yeah. familiar yeah. with the trails Great trail yeah yeah So let's sort of dive into it. Monday through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday then. What is it you currently can do, have in place? What's reality with regards to work and coming home? So let's first go backwards. One day a week should be off, should be rest. What would be the ideal day, you think, for that?
0: Um... It's definitely a weekday and, um, you know, I have most flexibility on the weekend. It's
1: well, most likely um, then it should be Monday because if it's after a bigger weekend, you want to be able to absorb that.
0: Yeah. I, and I, I, that's sort of where I was going with it. Okay. Okay. And then what day do you think you can do some speed work? Um, you know, really, but yeah, really any day I, I have not found and partially because my effort has been weak, but I've, I've been told that the MiraCosta high school, which is like Manhattan Redondo borders track is open. I don't know what hours they're open. There's, there's like a, you know, a, um, kind of a mulch path that sort of diagonal, cuts through the beach cities and it's pretty flat. And so that's kind of been my default for if I just, you know, I'm going to do some sort of interval training, it uh, I'll just go and do it on that. And, and that's super accessible to me. I mean, I can, I can walk there or jog there from my house. It's probably a quarter mile from the path and itself. And the path is, yeah. Oh, the path from beginning to end is probably six miles. So there's no issue with, you know, I can, I can run it straight. I can, you know, go down and back. It's completely flexible. It's, it's really, Six convenient. Miles that, the, yeah, probably. I should know exactly how long it is, but it's probably end to end that long. Okay. So even
1: oh. if it's five, I mean, it gives you a 10 miler round trip. Yes, okay. that's right. Um, that will be great for tempo work. But there's something with regards to the mindset and sort of the workman-like attitude of showing up at a track, putting your water bottle down, getting warmed up, getting the mind right, and doing some work. And it's less about the speed that you need for a 50K. It's more just about leg turnover, form, connecting with your body and being super present because – what else is there to do when you're running in 400 meter short course? Um right. Things like yeah. that. And so it is a very intentional and focused workout, which I am a big fan of um, across the board. Yeah. And it could be 800s. It could be mile repeats. It could be, you know, a pyramid it could be all kinds of different things doesn't necessarily have to be fast it's automatically going to be faster than what you run on the road trail mulch path whatever just because it's a track and it's so smooth and measurable and our, our psychology just seems to pull us into a direction of running a tick too fast which is good that's what we that's what we're there for Um, it's an opportunity to touch on a physiological zone, zone four and maybe even VO2 max threshold work that we usually don't in our training during the week. And so if that's just 30, 40 minutes of the week of training, so be it. But at least that five or 10% of our volume is really touching that, that effect, that space. And so I would do the research to find that um, that high school, yeah. see the hours. The track most likely it's going to be before school early in the morning or after school late in the afternoon um, after high school activities and so forth. So, morning is probably best just because yep. it's schools, you're not allowed to be on the campus um, during school hours. So, therefore, hey, if bars are opening in LA this week,
0: the track better
1: ah. be open. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. We'll probably get that wrong, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the bars will be open, but the outdoor the will facilities. be closed. <laughs>
1: exactly. yeah. That's sort of what we have. Um All right. So I would usually I recommend track on some early in the week, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Um If it's on a Wednesday, you want to do an easy run on a Tuesday just sort of to activate the week. If it's on a Tuesday, we would use a Wednesday to just do an easy run. So easy runs for you are sort of the um, just sort of brain off. You go out for a run. There's the intention of the easy run is A, to connect to running, to do it multiple times a week, i.e five or six days a week. Um, And then they're also just to continue to let the body signal to itself, this is what we do. We run, we do this motion every day and it allows for economy to kick in. Not efficiency as much as economy first, just that the body always is looking for homeostasis for steady state to recognize patterns That's how our brain is wired. And therefore, by doing it every day, it says quicker and quicker, okay, this is what we're doing, no avoiding it. Now let me figure out the most economical way to do this, with oxygen uptake, with efficiency of the movement, which makes you more economical. It allows your body and your foot placement and your stride all to settle into something that you're not really consciously thinking of, but it is constantly looking to optimize to make this as pattern recognition as possible and to do it without taxing the body from a mental standpoint and a physical standpoint, always looking to conserve sort of energy for some, you know, saber-toothed tiger that might be jumping out of the bushes in whatever. That's just how the reptilian mind works for that. And so that's why we want to do these easy runs. A lot of people ask me on the easy runs, well, what's really the purpose there? It's exactly that. Just to continue to Give the body a recognition of what we're doing. So, those can be shorter or longer 45 minutes to 75 minutes, nothing dramatic. Now, the speed okay. work, on the other hand, and by the way, you get the recording of this call. I send it to you. So, if you're not taking uh, notes, perfect. you can. Oh, okay. Can yeah, I, I was. Yeah, you can okay. just listen and you can just uh, l- listen to it again. And that way you have it all. Okay. Uh, so, perfect. yeah. Um, so, uh, so the speed work is nothing dramatic in the beginning. And we want to build the endurance um, first and then insert the stamina into that. So what that is, is first, you know, six, eight hundreds, you know, five, one thousands, uh, 10, four hundreds, nothing too hard. Little rest, maybe 30 seconds just to shake it out, get a sip of water, and then repeat it again. Should be maybe zone three tempo type of work. Again, feels good. Nothing too dramatic, but focused on form, stride, footwork, leg turnover. That usually kicks the heart rate up. But this is more about repetition and doing them um, a lot of it versus the speed, yet, yeah, the stamina speed and the effort level that comes with it will come once we're sort of in a routine as the body gently gets to the routine we don't want to ask it to do too much because it's the typical man i did two weeks i was feeling great but by the third week i was exhausted the body sort of takes a while to catch up and go really this is what we're doing like out of the blue so we first want to see it happen four or five weeks. And then we can say, all right, it seems to be adjusting, absorbing, doing it. Um, now let's add a little bit more stress into that skeleton of an infrastructure. Okay. And so that can be yep. from those 10 fours or six eights or five one thousands to eventually like, you know, 16 fours. Again, it doesn't take long because, you know, 16 fours, if you're doing them on two minutes, you know, 20, 30 wow. seconds rest, of, that's 35 minutes of running, five minutes, 10 yeah. minutes warm up, five minutes warm down, you're done. 50 minutes. <laughs> you just did, you know, right. 16 400s. And let's say you'll get to a point where that maybe is 90% effort, not quite all out, but it it is just. Barely sustainable because of the just enough rest you're getting in there. 30 seconds, 40 seconds, right? Just clicking out. And you'll know when you hit your um, point of where you should probably back off for this week and and add more next week is where your form starts flailing, falling apart. You're heavy. You're grinding it instead of just allowing the legs to do the work under your torso.
0: And and Chris, I've always... Uh, at least historically understood, you know, the speed, you know, for for the types of events that I want to participate in where I'm, you know, not sprinting, right, where there's really no element of a 400 at 90%, yeah. I've understood the speed work really to be the underpinnings of assisting the endurance and the ability to kind of keep steady, right, throughout the course of the event. Well, is that, uh,
1: but let's also keep in mind you're running yeah you're running downhill i want to be able to turn that leg speed up when i'm running down a three four mile two three mile um um, third path down a nice fire road downhill especially up in the santa monica's you have those or you're like oh yeah great now i can run downhill but my legs won't carry me fast enough right that's that's track Again, it's not all out, but it's enough to keep that leg turnover going, And the benefits that you were talking about and the heart aspect, the cardio aspect of allowing it to hit every aspect of its physiological state from aerobic to anaerobic to VO2 max. We want to at least stimulate that so that every week we have that. As part of the um, equation, because when we do need it down the road, it is available. If you did decide to drop into a, you know, half marathon, you'd be surprised at how it's there because you've been consistently touching on it. Um. So yeah, the progression goes to that you know when you're doing six, uh, eight one thousands, just nice and smooth. Again, you should leave the track going. That felt good, but I don't feel shelled. That's fast right? Um, You could do some speed increases where you go, all right, um, I'm going to do three, four hundreds at steady, you know, my track pace, let's say, you know, that's 85% effort and you'll get to some paces pretty quickly where you then can then make the modification of pace on the track versus feel and start narrowing those two down. Well, my, you know, 90 second 400 didn't feel like 80%. It felt more like 90%. So let me sort of adjust that. Mm-hmm. But then in four or five weeks from now, you're going, okay, now my 90 second 400 is dead on an 80% effort. Like the, that's what you continuously yeah. monitoring that. um And then you get, let's say, to a point where you're going three, 400s. And then let's say you say, all right, I'm going to do insert two 800s here that are just uncomfortably fast, faster than what I usually do. And then fall back to three 400s again at that recognizable, sustainable um, 80% effort. How much did those three 800s tax me, or two 800s, or four? You know, being able to do a little bit of a fart like type of work where you're changing speeds and then going back to what's familiar to you with track speeds and sensations. So you don't just always want to do the same thing. You also want to shock the body into doing something completely different and see how it reacts by then returning to 90% effort, 85% effort, sustainable effort, things like that. If you can do 16 400s at one speed, you should be clicking those in. Now, let's say you did instead of 16 you did six at that 16 400s clickable speed. And then you... Then you woke up the body or threw something at it of five 800s that are completely different, longer, weirder effort. And then how do you do another four four 400s on the back end, trying to hit those exact 85s or 92-second 400s. And next thing you know, like, whoa, that was a lot harder than I wanted or it felt way more awkward than I'm used to. Perfect. That's exactly what track is for control them, okay. controllable sure. environment, measurable, all those things. Okay, That's your Tuesday and Wednesday, however that works with regards to an easy run and a speed run. Okay. Then Thursday, you want to be thinking about a tempo run. I love Thursday tempo runs. Those are just where you head to that mulch path and you just sort of that quarter mile there and maybe a little bit more. You give yourself seven minutes 10 minutes whatever your sort of intention is for that day this is my warm-up but once i click in i hold pace and in the beginning that might only be three four five miles um, and then you run the rest easy but you want to be able to when you hit that watch when you hit interval whatever it is however you click in to pace whatever that means for you whatever the trigger is That you work on the mental fortitude as well to say i said today i'm going to do three miles at tempo therefore i will right like there are no excuses and so you build up the physical stamina of tempo as well as the mental and those two become very powerful together as well as independently there'll be days where physically you feel good and are capable of doing six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 miles tempo, but your mind keeps wandering away from being fully in it and staying strong with it. And then there's other days where you're mentally totally stoked to do it. You're like, this is, I feel good. I had a great track workout on Tuesday. And then your body doesn't. You want to be able to work with both of them. So, um, depending is on your, your fitness. Is your- yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, Chris. Sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to ask in your, in your like, you know, optimal training with the, you know, I was going to say elite athletes, but maybe that's huh? an overcharacterization. But do you usually like when you're in your coaching program, are you basing all of these on heart rate zones? So, like, if we had all my heart rate data, you would be telling me, hey, Brad, your tempo run, you know, this Thursday is going to be four miles at zone three. Don't stray from that. And that's what it's going to be.
1: And that's what you're going to get, too. Because when we hang up this call, you're going to find a day to do your five-by-one-mile repeats. um, And you're going to send me those results, and I will send you your son's And that way you know okay and also part of this is that you send me a um sort of the general outline of your plan once you sort of built it with your with all of this um and then i will give you some ideas for what zone fours and vo2 max and the track workout should look like or you know okay. and i'll review that for you yeah awesome okay. So now we have our track, we have our tempo. So getting ready for 50K, 31 miles on trails, we don't need to be doing more than 10 miles of tempo. um, If we get that high, that's pretty awesome. And when you do get that high, because maybe your fitness level is more familiar with that because of your marathon background, um, then just maintain it. Stay at 10 miles tempo because the stress of the weekend is going to affect the tempo anyway, as well as your weeks. Because as we increase the miles on Saturday and Sunday, the load of the 10 miles of tempo, if we keep that as a constant, we can play more on Saturday and Sunday with the distances as well as the terrain. Okay. So that means Friday is another easy day. Like Friday would be a great day to do strength work as well as Wednesday, either one of the two. if Whatever works easier for your schedule. If you said, you know, Chris, I found that... My, my strength work is good on a Friday. What I would think about, too, is again, if you have the time, but it sounds like you have some sort of setup in the basement. One day, some heavier strength. where That's the primary focus of the day, not the running. So you're going to load the legs, less repeats, higher weight, really tax the system. Less cardiovascular, obviously more neuromuscularly, just really... Ask the chassis and the body and the joints and the legs and the big muscles to really do some work. And then another day is where you're just in your basement doing higher reps, body weight stuff, but still doing similar movements, but just doing a lot more of them just to keep the movements going, keep the body strong, but not taxing it with low reps, high weight, more high reps, lower weight. Does that make sense?
0: Perfect sense, yep.
1: Okay. So, and that that can be 30 minutes, that that higher rep, lower weight. The other time in the gym, if you can get to a gym, which, again, I think bars and gyms are opening um, for you guys, is that you um that so the higher rep, lower weight is maybe 30 minutes in your basement all, all in 30 40 minutes that's yep. not that bad the gym unfortunately a you got to get there but b also because you're sort of really focused on the movement and asking the body to do a lot um you know squats you know uh, okay
0: you know, yeah, things yeah. Like weighted that. lunges exactly things like that yeah. yeah
1: yeah okay yeah exactly and and again, okay. most of that can be found like you have been doing online, just a good quality, quality running strength, but try to pull the nuggets out of there. You know, the core, if you're better off doing those at home, do them at home. The you know, okay. But use the equipment at the gym for the one day a week that you're there or wherever you're doing the strength, work, whether it's the Y or, or at a buddy's house. I have plenty of people who uh, over COVID, you know, their buddy had a great gym and therefore they just went over there yeah. once a week for you know. And so you just maximize the time there. like these this is the equipment I don't have at home or I can't do on my own. Yeah. So therefore I'm gonna really be very intentional, deliberate, focused while I'm here doing that.
0: Yep. My my That's wife and I, I just joined the gym yesterday. So there you go. perfect. My mine had been closed for a long time, but it's timely and it's open. So Good. There you go. We're all set. There you go. I, I will have access. So I don't have an excuse.
1: Yeah, and so with that too. Now that you just said that with the gym, there's there's space for treadmill there, right? Like if you, um, and if it's convenient and it helps with regards to the kids to maximize um, the limited time you have, the treadmill um, is effective. And what I would do on that, and that is Sundays. Because what you're going to do is hopefully build up your long run on Saturdays and then Sundays for maximum use of your limited training time, you're going to get on the treadmill and you're going to get that leg speed going and not much incline, but just the body is now tired. Look at this week already. Now you throw in some longer trail runs on Saturday this is the one that takes time it's you might have to drive somewhere you might have to get up early you might have to do all the things plus it's trails and and just the pounding on the body so it's sunday just 45 minutes just an hour of getting to the treadmill getting that leg speed up not a lot of incline if any And just allowing, once again, the body just recognize, all right, this is what we're doing on a tired body as well. I'm going to click into good form. I'm just going to get this leg turnover going. I even have done it plenty of times where it's negative incline, where it's a minus 0.5 or minus 1. And minus 1 starts getting be too much because you're almost falling downhill. But like negative or 0, negative 0.5, where it's just like, all right, this is helping me keep my leg speed up. Perfect. Right? Right. And again, efficient use of time. So that Saturday, thinking that you're getting ready for 50K in a hilly terrain, you got to imagine that that's a six-hour day, six to seven-hour day. It it might go faster, right? But just physiologically thinking, what am I preparing my body for? A six to seven-hour day. And so you're going to want to build up to ish, four-ish at least. In a perfect world, five-ish. On trails um, and you have you know what is that uh, 16 18 weeks for that so this isn't any type of rush but if you can start getting out there for 90 minutes to two hours right now in may and then probably thinking in june you know you're up to three-ish to four maybe touching on four in july you get past four twice you're ready if you're you're four and a half to five and you're doing all this infrastructure that we're talking about during the week and again when i say july ish and june four three to four and four ish four to five ish that's not every weekend that's maybe two weekends a month that you've coordinated with your wife, that you say, okay, this is one of those Saturdays, honey, I'm out of here early. I'm going to get it done and I'll be back for breakfast with the kids. And if that's a Sunday, so be it because life works out like that. But then, you know, and your fitness level is going to be good enough that you're not slogged on the couch the rest of the afternoon. Um, yeah. instead yeah. you're actually there for
0: <laughs> two young kids running around everything else yeah exactly right i've had that experience yeah for oh. for um Imogene in 2019 i you know on saturdays i would leave at 3 30 and drive up to do mount baldy i was hey. so paranoid about the elevation and the altitude that i you know was scrambling to find it living given that i live at sea level so i would you know, start with my headlamp and, you know, get home by 10. Right. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of times to your point, I was so cooked. I wasn't really, yeah. you know, no you, one you was complimenting gone for- my performance with the family the rest of the day. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's that as well as it's
1: like, well, I was gone for four hours or five hours or six hours. And then the next six to eight hours, I was useless anyway. So I might as well have just been gone for 12. <laughs> yeah. Bingo! So, yeah, you've heard um, before. Yeah, oh, and, and I've lived that. Right? And it's I, yeah. that's the part that I, you know, with four kids, <laughs> I, I get it.
0: <laughs> oh, four kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah
1: you know so well. It's, it's like you're you're playing zone defense all the time. I went. I never had Amanda man to <laughs> man. So, um, so that will get you ready for bulldog. Now, imagine is gonna be a different question, but what I would recommend on this is that you sort of take this structure. You're gonna to listen to this recording, you're gonna build your training yep. plan somewhat around this. You're gonna take maybe past training plans from running.com and Phoenix and use this as some of those um, tempo workouts or some ideas for the track and so forth, right? So you you have sort of yep. you, you can insert that it's totally fine, you know. Do what I the, the purpose is what we said in the beginning to take the three, four key workouts from those training plans and throw some variety into the structure that I'm talking about. Um, You have your long run on Saturdays. You have your leg turnover, easier stuff on Sundays. You have Monday off, you have your strength on Fridays. And so, you're going to send that sort of structure back to me and sort of say, how's this look? Okay. Is, are we touching on it? Okay. And I'm going to throw some ideas and some feedback in there. And then you do this for 12-ish weeks. Maybe in six weeks, you do a check-in with me. We're like, this is sort of how it's going. This is what I'm observing. This is what's not a reality, which is totally fine. Again, we're trying to make it fit yeah. into your life. And then from there, in 12 weeks, we should have another call. It'll give us a direct insight into how we're going to go about bulldog and then b it'll give us a
0: path to imaging perfect are you chris does i just use strava for tracking and i don't have a paid you know subscription or membership is that i mean i i usually just log the the base into you know the same excel spreadsheet right but then you know that doesn't really have data but I assume that's sufficient for now. Yeah, um, I don't
1: look at Strava. Touch Strava, never open Strava. All my athletes are on oh. Strava. I don't even. No, it's just not something I oh. pay attention to. Okay. And the main reason is because okay. that's an output, right? Like for me, what's I I like I coach you, consult or stuff. I fully trust yep. and believe that you're doing the training. Not yeah, my yeah. so it's your color your feedback it's your input that i i would take and so okay. if you yep. in six weeks from me sort of give me sort of a check-in update that's all i need like i you're okay. doing the work i hope so if not yep. you know okay <laughs> um and so yeah. therefore <laughs> um I will give you based off of the five by one that you're going to do sometime, hopefully this next week, weekend, um, and the five by ones on my website as well as, you know, it's five one mile repeats with one minute rest. They're a 10 K feel, which is about 90 to 95% effort. You should be blowing up around three to four ish because that's the purpose. Um, and then we know you did the proper effort and, uh, From that, I then give you your um, zones and that will send you on your way. Now you have a structure, you have your zones that will give you in six weeks from now, you can tell me how that felt and what you observed and what you're noticing at certain heart rate, you're getting faster or the track, like a full in check-in, like the track Tuesdays are going well thursdays this is tempo on the mulch trail this is what i'm observing my easy runs this is what i'm observing my long runs i'm up to this and this is how i'm going about it this is how i'm fueling and hydrating and thinking about all those things my sunday runs have been sporadic but you know i do what i can you know because my wife likes sundays for herself so i am home with the kids it's all fine it is again that's inserting current life into who we currently are (laughs) And so then we'll make some adjustments from that. And then in 12 weeks, we get on the horn again.
0: Is the, just so I'm clear on the five by one, Chris, is that, yeah. um, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the website where yeah. it describes yeah. it. So that's, that's just where the, that's where the monitor, um, like when am I logging the actual heart rate? Is that the second that I finish the mile? Is it? Great question. Um, I
1: would love average heart rate for the mile and ending heart rate um, and then that way we can see on the average what happened and on ending heart with sort of the max number you hit all that's telling okay
0: yeah. perfect okay yeah. great
1: and that should have you pretty much covered for that
0: yeah it's It's perfect. Yeah. Super helpful. This, this gives me great, you know, more nuanced cognizant, uh, tweaks to, you know, the form I've used before. So it should be relatively simple for me to update. It's, it's really helpful. I'll do the five by one as soon as I can. I, I, you're right. I need to just diligence the track availability better because it's just not something I've ever found here or Mm -hmm. so I, I will, Get that knocked out and then mm-hmm. i'll package it all up and i guess i just email it to you i mean you want to see mm-hmm. sort of the outline of the schedule and the five by one you know yeah, within yeah. the next week or so ideally okay yeah
1: When yeah whenever <laughs> this is you this is up to you you yeah. can send it to me in a month sure. but that doesn't even get us. that doesn't help us much <laughs> yeah of course yeah i understand so whenever you want yeah and then um yeah, the the track I will say like again that's it you do it once you know find your infrastructure then you don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, no no problem. I was just I, I was looking on some of the you know running clubs because they usually yeah. just plan for it, so I was just gonna yeah. borrow from whatever they said. Yeah. Um, whatever, so I'll be able, able to find figure it. it out. It's no big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. No, no problem. So then okay. the other thing is you
1: wrote uh, nutrition and sleep. I want to make sure we don't miss
0: those questions <laughs> and you might have there. Sure. Um I guess they're they're pretty broad, right? I know, you know, sleep as much as possible is important and, you know prioritize it, try and get all that. I, I don't even remember what I was thinking the moment I wrote it in there other than, you know, some of this stuff has to happen at, you know, odd yeah. off hours when everybody else is asleep. And so if it means I'm sleeping five hours instead of seven. So be it, right? And just playing that balancing game, <laughs>
1: right? But but, um, uh, but the, also the thing with sleep yeah. again. So keeping the big picture in mind, like what works for me and my life. Mm-hmm. It's, it, sleep right now is such a, a, a buzzword, right? Um, yeah, sure. And again, it's it's like smoking or it's like healthy nutrition or it's like we all know that we need more sleep, right? But how does that work for me? And again, if you can figure out a path of infrastructure that you can repeat week after week, if that means that Thursday nights you typically don't get a lot of sleep, but you do on a Saturday night, right? right. Make it work for you and then maximize it to that versus every night I need seven to eight hours. Well, that's all good and great. And that'd be fine. I'd love to get there, But it doesn't work on three nights a week. Well, okay, now how do I make that work? So Mondays are off for you, right? So, you know, maybe you get an extra hour or 45 minutes in the morning there because you just give yourself that. Great. And then maybe that night you go to bed a bit earlier than usual or 30 minutes, those little things add up. Like there's a lot of, um, uh, work around that around sleep lately that talks about like okay if in a three four day or in a week window you're still getting you know seven times seven let's say 49 to 50 hours total that might be just yeah. as good as you know trying to get in the, the perfect clean seven and a half every night yeah. so so take that yeah um, perfect That's good. and then nutrition what what were your questions there because that's a whole Pandora's um, box, but maybe there's some easy ones I can
0: answer. Yeah, I I don't. It's probably I, I I think I was just kind of making a basic outline for some framework for what we discussed. I mean, I, I I generally you know it's that's not a major concern of mine. I'm sure it's not optimized you know to be you know perfectly overlaid on on in terms of a training program. And and I from from much of your feedback, I can sort of infer the question, right? I mean, the answer mm-hmm. to the question, which is just make sure on heavy training days, you're getting nutrition that supports the training you're doing for the day, right? Mm-hmm. Which in itself is, is, seems obvious, but is a meaningful takeaway for me. I mean, I, 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 I feel like I eat pretty clean, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably on the whole pescatarian. I haven't had, you know, meat in 15 years. So mm-hmm for right or wrong. it's just sort of what my body feels best with, you know, I'm not vegan. Yeah. I'm not on the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on rituals, plant power, you know, meal, uh, app, but I don't, mm-hmm. you know, purely eat that way. So I'm somewhere in between. I've never felt like, you know, Oh my gosh, my nutrition is what's totally ailing me. It could probably mm-hmm. always be optimized. I'm sure. But it's, um, in the subset of things, I'm not overly, concerned about that it's probably you know a programmatic approach you know being cognizant of you know rest and recovery and then for me nutrition last i I generally feel good and if i don't i probably screwed something up in one of those other aspects or maybe i didn't eat properly before wasn't fueled but i i'm just sort of rambling there i don't have a specific question it's maybe something i'll just be cognizant of over these next six weeks and then if i'm finding a chris this is a problem for me. Then maybe it's worth talking a little bit more about. Yeah, what I would start um, being cognizant and observant of
1: is your energy levels for those long runs on Saturdays, right? Because you're going to start sure. okay. needing to teach your stomach um, how to eat during a four, five, six hour, seven hour day. Yeah. Um, and sure. so, most marathoners, those with not a lot of um, trail experience will run into that right like even your half your 25k you can get pretty far on just you know a little bit there but you know going twice as long on bulldog even if it's a five-hour day is still going to be um, require some nutrition and with that you want to be able to absorb it versus do it on race day and not be in the mood Mm -hmm. and next thing you know after three hours you're walking So I think that will be a great way to sort of think about that a good breakfast prior to those long trail runs. Um, Really try to top your system off. Stay well hydrated during those long trail runs, especially now that you're hitting summer out there. It gets um, pretty hot on Baldy. And then, um, yeah, start observing. Okay, I need a bigger breakfast. How long did that carry me into my long run? And at what point should I start adding in the fuel you know, real food yeah. is always ideal, especially for trail runners, because um, you're hiking enough and walking up steeps that you can let that sort of use that time to fuel, to eat, and drink. Yeah,
0: Perfect, Chris. Thank yeah. you so much. I know we had an hour and it's right on nine, so I will let yeah. you go. I, I'm really no grateful for the time. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And so... You'll follow up with those things. And if you have any other questions,
1: don't hesitate to add um, that to the email you'll follow up with. And I'll send you the recordings so you have everything and sort of can work through it. Um, and yeah, uh, like I said, this is uh, uh, like, I love doing this stuff. So um, this is exactly the space between what's in the Excel spreadsheet and actually doing the event. That's the challenge. And so,
0: yep. Yeah, that's, that's why, why I like to help. I'll lean on your expertise. So thank you. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate the time and all the insight and I'll I'll be in touch with you soon. All right.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.
2: All right, folks, it's David again. That's it for today's episode. And we would love to hear what you thought. Did you like the episode? Do you want to hear more consult conversations like this? Did you like hearing the full conversation uncut, or do you prefer to just hear the tactical pieces? Whatever your feedback may be, you can send us an email via ampcoaching.com. Likewise, if you have any questions or you just want to say hi, again, ampcoaching.com. Next episode, we have a really cool conversation recorded at the AIMP Triathlon Camp in Sonoma, California about a month ago, and it covers everything you can imagine about Ironman and Half Ironman Race Day. So if you're a triathlete, you're definitely going to want to check out the next episode. So this episode is brought to you by Chris and myself and by you. And we would not be able to do this podcast without all the feedback and the great questions and the great perspective that we get from you, from coaching you and from talking with you. And if you're looking for a way to give back, if you want to, then you can leave a review. And how you do that is you go on the app that you're listening to this podcast on right now and you go to the rate and review section. And if you don't know how to do that, or how to leave a review, then you can just ask Google or Siri or Alexa. That's how I figured it out. And 10 or 15 seconds later, you'll be good to go. And sorry if I just set off all your devices with saying those names. Lastly, if you're still wondering how to maximize your endurance potential, the secret is this. Step one, make a plan or find a plan or ask someone else to make you a plan. Just Get a plan. Step two, do the plan. That's it. It'll never be easier than that, but it'll never be harder than that either. Train well.